At Farmers Insurance, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Whether it's a rear end by a clown car, <laughs> or a grizzly taking a quick dip in a pool. We know home and auto insurance, and we know you could save an average of 20% when you bundle the two. Visit Farmers.com or call 1-800-FARMERS to get a quote today. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Reported 2018 nationwide average savings underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. Welcome back to Glee on the Rocks. I'm Mouse. I'm Emily. And I'm Mandy. And today we're doing season two, episode 12, Silly Little Love Song. We are <laughs> hitting up all of the, all of the inappropriately uh, holiday themed episodes. Totally not in the current, like in the time period that's supposed to be done in, which I think just makes things even more fun. Because, I mean, why not do Christmas in May and, like, Valentine's Day in, in June, right? I think it's fine. Of course, it's totally fine. It's totally fine. Uh, so, just a little bit of background information in case you haven't seen this episode recently, which, by the way, you should. Uh, do recommend going back and rewatching <laughs> should it. Should <laughs> I, I guess I guess listen to the episode and decide for yourself. Okay. So, uh, Silly Love Songs is the 12th episode of Glee's second season. And it premiered on February 8th, 2011. How old does everybody feel now? Mm. Hopefully sufficiently old. Uh, yeah. So a little summary. Valentine's Day has arrived for New Directions. And as some members try to get Valentine's and woo their lovers, not all are lucky. As Finn sends up a kissing booth in an attempt to kiss Quinn, using the excuse of raising money for New Directions regionals pay, uh, Rachel tries to steal a kiss from Finn in an attempt to reestablish their relationship. Kurt's feelings for Blaine begin to loosen to the point where he is pushed to admit it after Blaine reveals his attraction to another man. This episode was directed by Kate Donovan and written by Ryan Murphy. I and could just, not uh, tell. <laughs> just a, a little, a little uh, some, I guess some extra information. It had uh, 11.58 million viewers um, on the day of. I don't believe these Nielsen ratings are taking into effect DVR like they do later. Just FYI, I don't know why we mentioned that, but like these are not, I believe, DVR three day and seven day um, numbers. These are literally just day of. Hmm. And in case that didn't make sense to anybody, um, Nielsen ratings now include um, pro, like digital and DVR uh, viewings uh, up to a week later. So if you've taped it and watched it later, even if you didn't watch the night of, technically you still could have, you know, be counted. Uh, that is not necessarily the case here. So now that, we, now that we've all learned something, uh, I guess we're good for today, right? We're done? Don't need yeah. to do anything else? Cut and yeah. marker take two. Great. Fabulous. Those words mean something. <laughs> yeah. I put a uh, long week. <laughs> Some of us have, have had, a, had a long week, and, and did you get to play with a clapboard? No, that's not my job. I didn't that's say a, it was your a... job. I just asked if you got to play with one. <laughs> I did not. I didn't. No. Fair enough. I would have just liked to steal one and just, like, use that. So I, oh, I, you, you I, get in big I, trouble for stealing the clapboard. Yeah, I have no doubt. 
Those, those you are useful. Come after and you, that's what they're track you down. It's a whole thing. Uh, so, um, interestingly, this uh, this episode was actually really uh, positively acclaimed by critics. Uh, there were a lot of, and I went to go do some some research into this episode. Uh, a lot of people going, Glee returns to form, and I was like, what form is that? <laughs> Straight yeah, white kids uh, kissing each other? <clears throat> yeah, that's I mean, a form. That is a form, and that is one that they do a lot, so you're not wrong. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. it, it seemed like just a lot of people were not happy, and like a lot of people, I mean critics, um, were not happy with like the Super Bowl episode, mm -hmm. which if you've not listened to, you should totally go listen to that one because it's totally necessary to listen to previous episodes to know what's going on. And I'm saying that in a sarcastic tone of voice. You probably don't need to, but you should. Um, but yeah, a lot of critics didn't seem to like the Super Bowl episode. They didn't like all of the crazy, over-the-top um, theatrical performances. And uh, there seemed to be a lot of, hey, finally, we're, we're stripping things down as stripped down as Glee does, which is, you know, there's a fireworks performance. So, you know, strip down Glee <laughs> and, and focus on the characters, which reading that review just kind of made me laugh. So a stripped down Glee episode that focused on the... I mean, uh, yeah, well, it focused on the romantic uh, roulette wheel of the character. Yeah. It focused, <laughs> right? Like it, God. it was the... Wheel of morality, turn, turn, turn. Tell us of the couple. Uh, and we'll what we'll learn. learn. Yeah. Yeah. Like it really what what do they call it in the very beginning? The 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 love pentagon of Finn, Rachel, Puck, Quinn, and Sam of just like these boring ass white people and who's kissing who and who's jealous about whom and whom, not who. Just like let's cheat on each other because nothing bad I, it's really this whole episode is just the long con set up to the rumors episode. Right? Like, we're I mean, just just getting to where they all hate each other but also like are there no other like girls or this entire fucking like no school? apparently there are no other dateable people in the school of let's say 1200 to 1600 kids yeah no nobody else just these i'm just like men. i i know you're more likely to probably date people you're friends with and are within your friend group because i'm like that makes sense you're you're around them and that's in like in high school and that's that's how that works but also, like, again, you go to class with a bunch of people, like, you don't have any other friends at all, like, nothing else. And isn't it, I don't know, I just, in, in high school, I remembered a lot of people randomly dating for no reason that made no sense, just because they were, like, in chemistry together mm -hmm. or something. And That's I'm like, funny, and they had chemistry. Huh. Hey. Right. Uh, and, like, you don't get any of that. It's just all, like, no, only these people in this club date yeah. each other i'm like how fucking incestuous i have so, i, I have know. no rejoinder for that because yes there are no other people in this school is what we've learned yeah kind of like yeah, how um I can't, I can't help dalton has no teachers uh glee i mean actually uh mckinley does does have other students as we've seen they're just non-playable characters mm -hmm. that's literally what they are yeah they're there they are you cannot interact with these characters at all <laughs> yes uh beautiful well just explain so much 
right. With with that, I guess I guess we should jump into to some of the storylines here because why not? Um, Will sets New Directions a love song assignment because that makes sense. Nothing says a great idea like kids making kids sing love songs to each other. Also, you're just not very you're not very uh, imaginative. It's Valentine's Day. Let's sing love songs. Right. I don't know. Um, yeah, I just, he, he's not big with the original line. No, he's really not. But uh, Well, you know, when the, the couples of the Glee Club are on the rocks, they they sing duets. And when it's Christmas, they sing Christmas songs. And when it's Valentine's Day, they sing love songs. And when it's Halloween, they sing Halloween. You know, that's mm-hmm. how they do things. Except when it's, except they also sing Halloween songs when it's not, when it's not Halloween. But, you know. Yeah. Anyway, um, I, I, I want to talk about Lauren and Puck because I, I know it's the, the continual, I guess, uh, content warning talking mm-hmm. about Puck. Yeah. Just putting that out there. We, we don't, I mean, we, we do try to separate character and actor, but understanding that there's probably a lot of, a lot of uh, overlap for some people, and we understand. Um, and do not like to talk about Puck too much, but I do feel that we should talk about his character a little, at least in this episode. Um, I am unsure how I feel about having the writers put Lauren and Puck together, because on one hand, I was like, uh, Puck is supposed to be the really cool, badass kind of character, um, and and you want to, you know, have him him go after Lauren, who on many TV shows would seem out of character since she's ostensibly bigger, quieter, not your pretty petite blonde cheerleader, not right. Quinn. Um, and I don't entirely feel like it's played for laughs, but I do kind of feel like it is. Mm. So it's like, I, it's, it's weird. Cause I'm like, it's not, but it is. And, it is and very I mean, hard way, to tell with Glee. It is. It is. And I obviously I, I hate the song that he did, but I also like that she hated the song. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, that's good because I, that's problematic. I would have liked for Puck to have been less of a sympathetic. Like you were clearly supposed to be rooting for her to want to go out with him, even while they were acknowledging that the song was like really shitty. Yeah, the song is like. Yeah. It's shitty, but like it sounds so good, and I'm sorry. No, it, I mean he. It's does like a good song, song well. but it's a terrible song. Yeah. It it was a poor choice for what he was trying to do. That's, yes, that's the yes. point. And it's like you could have sung that song for any other reason. Maybe it would have been, you know, maybe it would have been mm-hmm. better. Um, but yeah, uh, for those who are not familiar or don't remember Puck singing Queen's Fat Bottom Girls, Corn, while ostensibly a good song not quite what he should have been going for right here. Yes. Um, so yeah, I, I just, I have very conflicting opinions on Lauren and Lauren and Puck. It's like, and I, I like that she does stand him up and doesn't seem to fall for like his, you know, bad boy charm, which is what I feel like they're trying to, cause like you said, Mandy, they want you to root for them. Yeah. And she ends up going, okay, let's go on a date. Like, we'll go, we'll spend Valentine's Day together, but we're friends. Mm-hmm. So I kind of liked that, that she was um, thwarting expectations. 
but I also still sort of felt like it kind of played for laughs and I'm still like so at the end of the day it's like I don't I don't hate this but I don't like it and I don't know I don't really know how to feel so I was, I was throwing it out there to you guys to see see what your opinions were you can help me figure out my own opinions and my own feelings <laughs> well let I, me tell you how you should feel I don't like tell me how to life. feel yeah I'm I'm not a fan of it okay I, me how to feel. thank you <laughs> I you know I guess I kind of was into it I'm trying to remember how I felt about it and at the time I kind of was into it just in as like a a, a bigger girl although I, I I just as someone and like the aromantic spectrum like I just do not care about dating so I was never worried about someone liking me or not liking me but it's like the representation of someone who's coded as the hot bad boy of the school actively pursuing someone who looks like Lauren's Ices was nice. And then to have mm -hmm. someone who looks like Lauren's Ices not be the pathetic, sad, fat girl sitting in the corner pining over someone who will never like her back was nice. So it was the slight difference in representation was a was an upside but it mm -hmm. that that is if you take the baggage of the characters away from from them and just look at the what they can kind of stand for as figureheads of kind of, of somewhat underrepresented characters on tv because because fat women are often put into these kind of tentpole categories right and like and, it, and it's changing with um fuck me what's that show with um Eighty. Oh, shrill. Shrill. Yes. Where where there the story isn't just that they're a sad fat woman living a sad fat woman life, right? That they have a full enriched life and jobs and friends and boyfriends and girlfriends and blah 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 and all those things that skinny hot women always get and that characters like Rachel and Quinn and Santana and Brittany and that they always have and it's not yep. it's a given rather than a plot point. So in that regard, uh, it was, I was fine with it. But then on the, the, you know, on the other hand, there are times where Lauren's character is reduced to her demanding chocolate <laughs> to be wooed. And you're like, well, okay, you, you had me and then you lost me because her being on the wrestling mm -hmm. team is kind of cool. And then her <laughs> demanding boxes of chocolates is like, uh, hold on. I mean, I think that's yeah. why I don't like it because I'm kind of incapable of like forgetting where the storyline goes, which that's also, yeah, I mean, like it's not something that I feel like is played seriously in the long run, and that just disappoints me a lot. Yes, I agree with that. It is hard <laughs> doing a retrospective of yeah. a show when you know. When, when you can't really look at it with fresh eyes because you're like, ah, but you are going to do X, Y, and Z down the line. And, and I also, mm -hmm. like, I can't remember what I thought about it at when I heard it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't think either of those characters left a big impression on me. And, you know. It has been eight fucking years. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, oh, it has, though, hasn't it? I mean, I, I do in, think... Yes. And in the end, their characters don't matter that much to the show. Sorry to, to the big fans of fucking Lauren, but like they they are not the lodestone of the Lux? show. Was it? I don't know. Were they ever called Luck Shippers? 
Maybe. I don't remember. They should have been. If you if 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 anybody's still shipping them, I want you to call yourself a luck shipper just because it makes <laughs> me happy. And also tell us uh, what you what you see in it. What's your feels? Yeah, that'd be that'd be nice to know. Um, I I think I mean I guess the the other big the other I mean there's Artie and Mike's dance or song song and dance for there and then Tina's Ugh. song. Uh, Twisted Party. Um, I I hate what yes. they did with too. Talk about a sad I sack do. character. Like how fucking pathetic was that? She has such a beautiful voice. Yeah, she can she sing. Does. Please let her sing just once in a while. I really want to know who Jenna pissed off to like get to be on the show but not ever really get to like sing or do much considering how awesome she is right like god damn jenna what did you do um also i have a hard time listening to pretty young thing i had a hard time listening to pretty young thing when it was airing is it because I, of michael jackson yes but i also think the the um the song itself sounds creepy and i've always thought uh, yes it is a it is a little creepy yeah I mean, song talking about how you're a pretty young thing. Oh no, God, that, that just gives me the makes me feel skeevy. I totally get it. It's just like I that particular. If I was Brittany or Tina, which I am not, would respond to it the same way Lauren responds, girls, mm-hmm. which is like that creeps me out. This insults me. No, but um, you know, I'm not them. So. Songs. Songs like uh, Pretty Young Thing also remind me how much of Michael Jackson's lyrics are just nonsensical. True. And, and when you for, hear somebody else sing them. Yeah. And, and, you know, this is not a podcast to discuss who or what Michael Jackson was like that. We cannot go into that shit. But it's like a series mu- of podcasts. Musical genius. Yes. Everything else. Yes. But also like, what the fuck are some of those lyrics? Why would you tenderoni? Why? What kind of term of endearment for any person is tenderoni? I don't think I listened to the lyrics uh, well enough, so now I'm gonna have to go back later. You, you, <laughs> Manny's you should, so confused. She's like, "Wait a minute." <laughs> you should really quickly look at the lyrics because it's like tenderoni. You've got to be like he's calling her tenderoni. That's weird. And like, don't I just, you call people that? I I don't. What? I don't. I'm sorry. Here. Um. Yeah. Nah, 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 Yeah, I'm looking at the lyrics now, and I I I'm gonna go ahead and agree. Tenderoni. Tenderoni. I mean, sometimes you just you, you got to get that internal rhyme happening, and I get it, but like it just makes me Should think have gone of with pepperoni. Beefaroni, Chef Boyardee. Like I, I, mean, I know there's this really is not how... much that ends in oni. <laughs> oni. Oh, My Little Pony? Genuine made a whole song about Pony. So, you know, which Glee never covered. And that's just like, uh, how so comes yeah, the saying Pony? Because he was too busy with Whistle. <laughs> Next season on. <sighs> we'll get there. Um, it's a matter of time. So any anything else we have to say about, about Luck or no. Brittany and Tina and Artie and Mike before we get into the blob that is everybody else? Uh, Dalton I mean, is obviously being held for for later. <laughs> oh God! I mean, Finn turned back into a douche canoe. 
all because yeah, of like, that that's the blob. He's part of the blob. Oh, he's part of the blob. Okay, we'll get to the blob, the white blob. Um, yeah, you know, Santana being called out for being a bitch is kind of like, yeah, she is. What's your fucking point? But I also like, I also got frustrated at how angry she got because I was like, I thought you knew that. I thought you knew that about yourself. I know. I thought that, that was, was like your calling card. Yeah, I thought, thought that was the point of you. Like I thought that was like you held like respect and and an admiration for for yourself yeah. that you were a bitch. Yeah, it's kind of fun to see them out of their uh, Cheerios costumes. Yeah, we're, that's strange. Oh, and also that it took this long. Um, yeah. For it to actually, you know, happen. All right. So back to the blob, I guess. I mean. So. We, we, could skip the blob make this a shorter episode dedicated to the gap attack okay so here the, here i think i think we've got there is one thing i need to bring up about the blob in relation to the blob. This episode, the blob i mean the white blob it, it's the white blob yeah and it's okay so two things you think i'm one, not writing it down i am i have no doubt one Quinn says, the first time I cheated, I got pregnant. The second time I got mono. I think the universe is telling me something. The universe isn't telling you shit, girl. You're just, you shouldn't cheat on people. That's one. But also, like, <laughs> I, I can't believe it's taking, like, consequences for you to realize that. And, like, I get that you're, like, 16 and all. And, like, you maybe apparently are that smart. But, like. Consequences for actions? What yeah. the fuck? <laughs> that's what you're going to get from this? I'm going to have consequences to my actions that I dislike. Maybe, maybe I, that are going to affect my health. So therefore maybe I won't cheat on people as opposed to any other reason. Like Quinn, girl. Yeah. I'm not going to not cheat on people because it's wrong or, you know, well, wrong is a sticky subject and ethics and whatever. And Plato. Ethics and morals. And that's a whole podcast. Ethics and morals. Also a television show. Watch The Good Place to talk about that uh, <laughs> for someone else. To good discuss. Place. You want uh, somebody to come and talk about you about your show on a podcast, despite the podcast you already have. Yeah. Let us know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Just like yeah, a, a lot of Glee's moral quandaries seem to forget, like, just be a good person? Question mark? Maybe. Like, what? I, don't, I feel I mean, like, what? like Quinn. It's questionable writing, but also teenagers often do forget that. Yes, that is, I mean, that is true. That I, whole I get, I, underdeveloped I sense of teenagers forget that. I would yeah. argue teenagers don't forget what's right and what's wrong. It's more, this matters more to me to do it in the moment, so I'm just going to ignore the consequences. I, I feel like, depending on the age of the teenager, um, teenagers are in that phase of learning that things you do hurt people. Yes, their brains are still very squishy. Oh, no, no, brains are totally squishy, but I, I believe, 100%, I just, I think that in, as you get older, you go, this is wrong because of these reasons, and you're able to understand those consequences more, and as far as, like, and not ignore them. Whereas when you're younger, you know it's wrong. You know that there yeah, are I mean, negative consequences. You just don't care at the time. Telling a three-year-old the stove is hot and a three-year-old going, the stove is hot. And then the three-year-old touching the stove and going, oh, that's hot. Yeah. Like, 
there's a learning process there. So I feel like in that regard, even though I don't think that the Glee writers were purposely saying, let's exhibit the formation <laughs> of being teenagers, I think they were just doing a bad writing. But I still think that's like the one thing that's realistic about them as 16 year olds is that they're doing stupid shit and hurting people and then going, oh my God, that hurt you. Have we like, just wow. missed completely that Glee is actually about the fundamental development of the human brain? Maybe we did. Maybe that's maybe that's why we've been we've been critiquing it all wrong all all along. Is it just really about human development? And we've we've just come at this the wrong angle. Clearly. Well, I'm the, sorry. Uh, the, little Timmy, no Ryan Murphy had like doctoral degrees in child development. <laughs> It's been a psychology experiment the whole time. Oh god. That would make that would make Glee make so much more sense. If he was just like no, it was experiment. Also, also how Ryan Murphy would interact with fans on social <laughs> media. Oh man. I'm like, you were quite literally baiting experiments. This explains so much. That's gonna be one of that's our mini episodes. Podcast. No, oh, that's, definitely. that's an entire podcast. That's a how mini Glee episode. How Glee Use Social Media should be an entire mini-episode, which yeah. you can listen to if you join our Patreon. Check I out our Patreon page. cannot put the amount of complaints. We're not talking about it now. Frustrations into a mini-episode. There's going to be so many. There's Part one be multiple. Four. That's totally fair. Um, but, okay, so the second, second, my second issue with the blob, and then we can move on from it. Um, the blob. Santana it is a blob. A it's just like it just it it blurs all over everything in this episode. It does, but also like no, no. But really, Santana, what the fuck? Your your plan, your diabolical plan. <laughs> I'm gonna make out with this dude that has mono, uh-huh, uh-huh. and then I'm gonna go make out with Finn, uh-huh. and Finn's gonna get mono, and yeah. then he's gonna pass it to Quint. Yep. Mono takes about a month's incubation to have symptoms. It's this is so like you're going like long term, like are you thinking like long tail plan here kind of a thing? Because it's There's not a- going to be like an immediate turnaround and they get in trouble. In which case, also, also, if Finn does get mono from you, everybody in the school who made out with Finn would have mono. Or none of them would or which is the more you know rational case some would some wouldn't but it wouldn't just be quint i mean i'm no no there's no way so i'm just it, it i know being angered by the scientific reasoning and medical reasoning in this television show is dumb and i don't know why i want to defend this hill but apparently this is the hill I'm going to die on. It's a, shame, it's a shame Finn doesn't have a parent who's perhaps a medical professional that could have informed him that what he has can't. Yeah. You know, no nurses in this family. been busy with her, her uh, you know, night nurse um, shift. So she hasn't had time to apparently teach him things. Also, don't tell me you don't think Carol taught him what having sex led to babies and he still didn't pick that up. So I don't think Finn really pays attention. That's a valid. I think Finn just like looks at people talking and just like, I imagine it's like 
song in his brain sometimes. I like, imagine and he's staring. White noise in his brain sometimes. <laughs> I say this liking Finn sometimes. I say liking the character I think they kept trying to write him as. Mm. Not always the character that they actually wrote him as. It's just but a like the character that I think. <laughs> which is like occasionally he just looks at something and it's just like. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> That's just, what it is. That's just the Glee theme song. <laughs> Pong. <laughs> uh, and that's all I have to say about about the blob. I will I will leave it. We don't have oh, to go into it. No, there's only there's only one other blob thing. Um, when Quinn, no, Finn. They're so blob. I can't tell them apart. Finn says something like, "It it hurts to be cheated on." Uh, and, and basically, like, so I want you to cheat on Sam for me. Like, what? What? No, you can't. Because he's talking yeah. to Quinn about the whole thing. Is like, it hurts to be cheated on. So, uh, so make out with me. Like, but, uh, well, you just told her that it sucks, but you want her to do it to Sam because you want her anyway. Fuck. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty yeah. much. All of all of this is either it's terrible writing or it's great writing for teenagers. I'm not sure. Honestly, I don't know. Both and neither are the same. That sounds accurate. All right. So I think it is time. For the true meaning of this episode? (laughs) To the true meaning of this episode. That's not just the gap attack. There's actually, there's quite a lot of claim, pre-claim, early claim in this episode. There's, there's some Dalton and there's the lima bean. There's, there's a lot and it's lovely and everyone looks great in their peacoats because they're pretending that it's, uh, that it's February in Los Angeles. Um, and you know, the little, done, the little the little kissing doggies and the cookies and the coffee orders and the lines that ended up in every single fic. <laughs> okay, that is that is that is something I feel like we need to address. I mean, the whole coffee Yeah. I mean not address. But just like it is really interesting to go back and, and see things. Or as he, or as he said before, not see things and things like, oh, I thought that was an actual thing, and then you realize it's not. Um, and yeah, finding the beginning to coffee orders. You mm-hmm. know, my coffee order. Uh, I'm also always amused that um, Blake's just ordering a coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Straight. Yeah. Straight coffee. <laughs> Good job for remembering that he's ordering a coffee, Kurt. I know it's a really difficult order he's got there. Just and medium also, drip. also medium, medium drip. How pretentious! You couldn't just say coffee. How many of uh, us, when we order coffee, actually say drip? Well, okay, and also, like, what sixteen, seventeen-year-old boy is drinking black fucking coffee? Anyway, so yeah, it's 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 cute to kind of see the the uh, beginnings of something that you think of as cliche now and you're like oh yes. there's a period of time it wasn't cliche because it literally just started in this episode or that yeah. episode um i do kinda, yeah it's fun. such a small thing though but i also love that the lima bean is just the gift shop at the paramount lot <laughs> oh that's funny i didn't know that and you can you can kind of tell if you look at the background that the way they frame the shot they're trying so hard to only have to dress a very small portion of the set because the there is uh, the Paramount gift shop has like a coffee stand, which is why that's all they, you can actually like order a fucking coffee and there's like stuff set up to purchase, but they're, they're shot on such tight angles and from certain perspectives because 
it's an actual gift shop and they can't rebrand everything in there. So they just dress a very small portion of it because everything else in there says like Fox, Paramount, Hollywood. I just think it's cute that instead of finding a set or building another set, they were just like, this works. Um, anyway, the main point, point of this oh. whole scene is that Blaine uh, has a crush on a dude who is not Kurt and it is the most embarrassing, cringeworthy, disastrous moment that Glee does. And I hate it. And I feel so bad for Kurt. And it's terrible and wonderful. And there are some great quotes that come out of it as well. Such as the uh, if oh if he and I got married the gap would give me a fifty percent discount. <laughs> That's a good line. Which I, I'm not saying I think about it often, but every once in a while, like the gap would give me a fifty. Except Blaine shops at Brooks Brothers, so like let's not pretend that he would shop at the Gap. I know that was really the thing. Was like Blaine, do you even shop at Gap? Do you even like? Did you, do you even know go what here? the Gap was before yeah. like you know look before Jeremiah started working there? Yeah. Like, did you have to Google where the gap was? Because you did. I think you probably did. Yeah, I think it's funny that they were trying to act like, well, yeah, okay. To be fair, this is before we see um, Blaine's non-warbler clothes, right? Like, this is before season three Blaine, who was dressed like uh, a sexless doll. Yeah. So we we don't know where he shops yet. It's it's later where they ruin him. <laughs> his baby to be fair, even blame it on the even blame it on the alcohol blame is is fairly loose with yeah. his clothing yeah and somewhere somewhere between season two and season three they're like cupid doll which i'm yes i'm not gonna lie there were definitely things in season three i liked clothing wise because mm-hmm. i didn't dislike some of the bow tie and boat shoe and chino pants looks sometimes it wasn't a bad look but sometimes it was like definitely cupid it was just was like this this was this this jumped off the rails at some point into toddlerdom and i'm not yes. sure exactly where that line was but yeah anyway, I mean, we can talk about it when we get there but it's because they took the one thing and then they made it the whole thing yeah. instead of like an aspect they made it everything but yes so blaine ostensibly apparently has a crush on a person named jeremiah who is also apparently like an adult I have no idea because all of a sudden after this whole fiasco goes down he's like and you're underage like well how fucking old are you to go on a date with a 17 year old like yeah why why did you have why did you yeah I took Jeremiah at maybe 18 or 19 maybe just like graduated from um high school and is like in my mind he was a lot more I'm a assistant store manager at the gap while like either like gap a gap year <laughs> before college <laughs> <No>. <laughs> or like maybe at like you know uh community college and working at home or you know a lot like in my mind he was he was older than Blaine but not like excessively I was like eh, two maybe three years that's about it which when you're 16 17 two or three years is is, is you know a difference um as you get older it's like meh yeah. but uh so, yeah yeah I do, just, yeah yeah i do find as much as i hate secondhand embarrassment somehow and i hate secondhand embarrassment like to the oh, point yeah. of like i have to mute something or i have to walk away like i cannot i cannot watch it uh i love this scene for some reason <laughs> i don't know <laughs> 
I think it crosses over into so bad it's funny for you. Yeah, I think it's like it's like this is so over the top. This is not even like this doesn't even ping embarrassment because it's just dumb and Mm -hmm. silly. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of where it hits for me. I'm like nobody does this. Nobody does this. Nobody rallies his boys. You cannot see the hand gestures I'm making right now, but please imagine them. <laughs> his gay Hogwarts bros. His gay Hogwarts bros. And it's like, guys, 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 let's go. Let's go serenade a dude, a dude at his place of work in our blazers. Brilliant, brilliant wow. idea. Brilliant idea, everybody. Also, 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 it's going to have a ton of sexual toy in your window. Yeah. yeah, a lot of comments about dildos, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but like not actually about dildos, just like quietly about. And this is brilliant. And they went, yes, Blaine, yes. I just want to know, like, why did, why this song? Like, what? So Blaine, up until now, you want to know why this song? It's because Ryan Murphy picked it. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say Ryan Murphy wrote this episode. Because Ryan That's Murphy. That's why the song likes Robin Thicke I don't know because but like what about Blaine screams uh sex toy creeper song at this point like right now we have him singing Maroon 5 pop hits like Katy Perry Maroon 5 and all of a sudden it's like I don't even know if you've seen has he sung Maroon 5 yet I thought it was just all straight up female pop artists so far is it I guess it is but it's yeah, so, yeah, so it's far, like, I think it's all been po- like female pop artists. Okay, so that's even even more so. Here's suddenly Robin Thicke doing like a clearly sexual creeper. I'm standing by my uh, Ryan Murphy wanted Darren to sing this song reasoning. I think a lot of things happen on Glee because Ryan Murphy wanted Darren to do something. And that can yeah. be another mini episode. <laughs> Like that has yeah. nothing to do with the show technically, but it does in I mean and I think that that comes down to a lot of a lot of songs or that, a well, lot that of is a that's a fan thing. theory rather than a reading of the show, right? That is our interpretation of some things that happen down the line is that we interpret something to say like we think given uh extra <laughs> extra textual information and fandom chatter right that some shit happens Uh (laughs) that we can discuss i think yeah and i think it's a bigger conversation than just darren because um we can look at normal and then look at diana's situation yes and presume that many things happened on that show because ryan murphy made up his mind a certain way in his head yes i mean i'm pretty sure ryan said that like he said he's like there was stuff that I did during like a, like how I reacted or how I acted with Glee that I I'm not I'm not you know proud of or you know I shouldn't have done or like the way I responded to to how people re- reacting was not was not you know in it's not my best and I shouldn't have done that and it's like yeah you think yeah I think even Ryan has has come Growing out to say well that reflection <laughs> is the first step. But yeah, so I think there's, uh, I, I think there's some self-admittance on his part mm. that while while we may have differing, like there may be different things that he's thinking of than ours. I think a lot of stuff happened on Glee. That's because Ryan wanted a thing. Yes. And I, yes. 
So I, I do and agree, so bringing it back to this episode, that this song, I do think, is Ryan wanted a, a specific person to sing this song. Yeah. And if, if Ryan Murphy would like to counter that opinion, he is free to let us know. Yeah, not not in a subpoena. Not in a subpoena, we broke. <laughs> Please just email us. <laughs> Wait, yeah. Our email is open. Our email is um, open, and we'll also accept DMs if you don't want to email us. Why is our DMs, Ryan Murphy? We have questions. Yeah. Just remember, if so you do, questions. we're going to start asking questions. Um, the other thing I did, I do uh, want to ask your, your opinion, Mandy, Emily. Yes, that's me. I mean, one of those is me. <laughs> you are both of them. I, uh, pink Wayfarers. Okay, listen. Um... Fuck. Like, no okay, First of all, how many here had more than one <laughs> pair of pink Wayfarers? Please raise your hand. The pink Sunnies. They're, as far as I can recollect, and I might be wrong because I don't necessarily know the oeuvre of the other actors in the same way. And, I, and even cutting myself off already, I think there have been some references to Leah Michelle's prior works on the show, but like not in the same way as this is a direct fucking reference to Darren Chris's previous life. In such a it's not even his previous work. It's just his life. Him? Like yeah, like him as a person, as a um well not I don't want to say a person because like uh uh celebrity uh, like the person you portray okay. him him him, him in public public, public figure public persona that's what i was going for like yep. uh, those funnies are a direct obvious specific reference to public persona of darren chris circa 2000 what like 5 to 13 right like they are so hyper specific and to have them they're not just sitting like in the background on a table somewhere like a game of thrones coffee cup like they are used in the episode they are picked up they are put on <laughs> they are prop it's a used prop center frame like boom this is not just lame right now even on the set he probably brought them in they all just took him the prop people probably took them from him those are probably his they pulled him out of his purse and they were like here put these on like i don't even when that aired i remember people being like well one screaming on tumblr and twitter and being like oh my god star kid but also like what <laughs> like why why did that happen what was the why? point other than to be like this is very clearly highlighting that this character is played by darren chris in a way that the other characters are not highlighted as being played by a specific actor rachel berry is not highlighted as being rachel berry played by leah michelle she's not she's not rachel berry who is sometimes referenced as being uh brought you know it's like i can't even think of other you know you never you never got a leah michelle shout out from rachel yeah like rachel never said or did things that was like hey shout out to literally who i am so i was just thinking like in this episode they reference um there's a whole thing about how santana says that she's only ever going to star in like what was it a broadway adaptation of willow like that was close enough because it was Broadway and Leah has been on Broadway. 
but they don't even they could have said that she would only ever be on spring awakening because that's the only broadway show she's ever done like they don't even they don't even use spring awakening like they don't even have her like doing the thing no all they get is the barbie stuff right and that is such a broad who doesn't like what what broadway person doesn't love barbara streisand so even that Leah, even that both leah michelle and rachel berry love barbara streisand doesn't make it a rachel berry specific right like if tina cohen chang was also like oh i also like barbara streisand you'd be like that's not for you if another character yeah. put on a fucking pair of pink wayfarers you'd be like why no why are you trying to cop that yeah, yeah it's just it's it's so specific. Yeah. It's one, and it's another one of those things that I want to bring up in our multi-layered conversation we have about like how the like Ryan specifically blurred lines with the show. Yeah. And it's sort of okay. So we may end up having to cut some of this out. So apologies. Um, I'm gonna just as a note to um, the listeners, if this gets choppy, we apologize. It's because occasionally we veer off into things that we feel like it become not appropriate to air and we apologize but we some we sometimes find ourselves talking about things that we feel like we shouldn't air for our own or that don't sake. or that don't you know necessarily make sense within a con like a podcast that's about, about glee necessarily. yeah yeah so and if it gets choppy so, it's because i'm not necessarily that great at editing yet so i'm sorry <laughs> we're working on it we're working um, on no, i'm the, learning uh but one of the things that obviously came out of of Glee was a a very large um, real person shipping, you know, uh, society, which is for a lot. I mean, I know Heather and um, Naya got it a lot, and then um, Diana got it a lot, especially when she wore the shirt that says "Like Girls." Oh yeah, on on, on tour. tour. And there's obviously Darren and Chris were huge for a while. And then I think Darren and Cord was for a while and then yeah. Darren and Leah. And then I, I, I know a lot of the Darren ones apparently was, there was, apparently he was a fan of bicycle. And Darren and Diana were one for a while. He was, he was a fan of bicycle for a while. So anyway, there were a lot. <laughs> and um, I think part of the problem that I, I do believe our RPF, will happen regardless and i think that i what? have i have very very oh yeah go figure public personas are perceived as as characters by people i mean surprise um I, I i firmly believe in a fourth wall and that wall should be sturdy and held up and and maintained but um but between fans and and celebrities and or the things that they're they're fanish about but I think part of the problem Glee had with RPF was how Ryan blurred lines in the show. And that made it seem to some people like either we can bring it to those actors or we can show it to, you know, the people like show it to Ryan, show it to whoever, or, 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 or actually talk to them about it because, Ryan is is literally blurring that line now or you know it just ends up being like hey some people are going to start talking about it and being excited about it and then other people are just kind of going to go crazy and we're going to end up having this entire fandom war between each other but anyway I think a lot of it stems from gray areas and 
boundary crossing that Ryan did because I don't, you're not supposed to blend a character and an actor in this yeah. way. And I don't, and I don't know if at this time they still thought Blaine was just sort of a one-off. I'm starting to think at this point, they assumed he wasn't, but like, even if he was like, Oh, he's just going to be a one-off character. He's going to go away soon. And this is just kind of a funny thing, uh, a wink at the fans. Like I get it. But at the same time, like that, you're breaking a wall there that needs to be there that like between like reality and, and, and your show. And there's a certain amount of it I think you can do that's tongue in cheek and, and, you know, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, but he starts here. And I think if this had left it here, it would have probably been fine. But as we know, he does it a lot. And so you end up having a lot of people read into scripts to mean like, what does this mean? And sometimes it didn't really mean anything, but you don't know that because he does shit like this. And so, and I don't know if that was deliberate, deliberately a, just supposed to be like a, a fun throw to the fans, or if it's just him being the crazy, you know, kind of, I like to stir the pot, which I firmly believe is one of those people. It's like, he just likes to, he likes to set a firework and like throw it and then just like run away and watch. I yeah. firmly believe Ryan Murphy's that kind of a person. Um, can hate. Sometimes it's fun to do that. But uh, I feel like he, he ran a lot of his television shows that way. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, inevitably, I, I find that this, this just, it's strange. It's weird. It makes no sense. I don't understand why Blaine has a, has a like, a, or why Blaine Darren has a very overt shout out to somebody that, as 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 many of us in fandom are, are well aware, there are there are key items. I mean, I go so far to say they're like totems for certain people. Where it's like when you saw like a diet coke can, you're like that is referencing a person. Yeah. Within within a fandom, uh, respective sense, and and pink sunglasses were that, and that was how closely tied to Darren they were, and so it's just very. It, it it makes for wee, but then also, but wait. Yeah, what? and I'm I'm sure there are things uh, other actors have other totems, as you put it, that would have pinged on other shows. I, I don't know what they would have been, right? Like, yeah, other. I'm not as I'm not as well versed in enough yeah. other people. I'm saying the same. That. Yeah, like if if an actor on another show had a thing that was their thing, and that thing, thing to thing 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 showed up on their tv show i think it would have the same weird crossing the streams of like what why <laughs> that person yeah, like, on this my show should not be wearing a nike like their signature nike blah, blah, blah. like that's not that's not the, that's not part of the show that that's uh the actor that's not yeah and i, it, I think it does fall into this kind of long I don't, it's hard to know if it's a long-standing tradition of the fan celebrity bridge and chasm of you know the way the way we idolize and ideate people who are in certain positions of authority and honor and um, I mean that's that's a whole like master's thesis right of the way we look at. I can't even get into all of that, but like, it's why we have celebrities, right? We put certain people on pedestals and we do it for 
reasons beyond a lot of comprehension. But mm-hmm. the way celebrity works these days is that the the chasm of attainability and accessibility is very narrow. And a lot of that has to do with social media. And that the distance felt between you and a person that you see on TV or in a magazine or whatever the fuck, whatever media it is, doesn't feel as wide anymore because you can literally talk to them in real time or someone that you think is them. It's really their social media team. But someone you think is them in real time, two inches from your face on your phone. And it feels like a relationship, but it's not. And then that's the actor. And then you see that person on TV and it's their same face and it's their same fucking sunglasses and it's a character, but it's not. And it's them and it's not. And your brain is not as smart as you think it is. And it's all, it's just media consumption. Yeah, our brains are not that smart, right? And media consumption, it's, mm, I don't know how to like phrase it because it all just tumbles together. But it's, it is very confusing. There's a lot, there's a lot there. It's a lot lot there. For your monkey brain. It's a lot for your monkey brain and your lizard brain just to be like, person, I like person, must talk to person. And it, I think it does make, these fandom lines very easily crossed in ways they they should not be and a lot of this was happening around this time where you'd see these like tumblr posts and twitter posts of like don't tag the actor in your fucking posts don't send your fanfic don't send your fan art don't send your shit to the actor it's not the same person right and like the fact that you would still need to tell people don't send them shit speaks to that problem of accessibility. You should never have, I feel like, well, I mean, we're also old as fuck now, but like, we shouldn't have to tell people, don't send them your stuff. Don't. Yeah. I don't mean, fandom them. for the fans. That's the point. Yeah. Fandom is about your experience of the thing. It's not about you pulling that person into your experience of the thing until you go to like a convention and a convention has its own set of rules and regulations and we're not going to talk about that shit murphy well it is like it's definitely something new media has changed too though because a lot of the celebrities now are the person like the brands are people not Mm -hmm. characters not yeah tv show property that's a problem very yeah no i mean i definitely think it is as someone who is in a oh, very yeah. new media fandom where I look look at the lines that are blurred and I'm like I don't like that yeah I don't like that and and like and uh, at this time Murphy was kind of like pulling the the lines apart in ways or like if you had if let's let's use like a supernatural reference if you had like a salt circle around fandom right like this is our protective mm-hmm. circle and gonna keep our shit our shit and you keep your real life your real life murphy would come along and just be like nope 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 nope, nope. we're gonna put some pink sunnies right in that scene like whoa but now now you're telling us that's darren but it's blame but it's darren but it's not and how do we we meaning like the royal we not like you and i and us but right 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 we're so, yeah I just, like, I just i i feel like he's yeah he's kind of blowing blowing a little bit on that salt circle that's i, I always wondered if he did it intentionally and maliciously or if he did it because he didn't fucking understand fandom i often felt 
of, of two minds about it. And maybe this needs to be its own fucking extra episode because there's, there's a lot of it. And it's like Blaine's hair and the way the characters are treated and all this other kind of stuff. And like the way Kurt gets treated. And I, it's like, I could never tell. And I, and I'm, I still can't tell. And, and with like the, the Glee Brazil Twitter, like, did Murphy do some of these things intentionally and maliciously knowing what the reactions were going to be? Or did he just not understand the way fandom works and the way, the way fandom operates as a blobby, amorphous, non, um, non-singular mass? Because everyone's different mm-hmm. and no one operates the same and everyone, but it all kind of like blibs together and doesn't, and it kind of like, little tendril goes out and does one thing and comes back and everyone just kind of like lives along together down the street and i could never i have a, I have I, a separate argument on that no please someone because i just i'm still just like i don't know is he an asshole is he stupid i don't know uh i i think he okay. made the mistake a lot of people make in that he likes the positive attention from a fandom a lot mm-hmm. and then kind of turns into a toddler when he inevitably encounters the fact that for all of the positive attention you're gonna like hit the backlash too Mm -hmm. i I don't want to go too far into the him on social media thing because i do think we should do a separate episode about that but yeah yeah, and and i think in this case um with the the actor kind of crossover things on glee um he got the positive attention and he liked that but the backlash went more to the actors less to ryan yeah that's the thing too so it, there may have been a lack of awareness. Yeah. yeah. I see. I think, I think the Pink Sunnies thing was just a throwaway, whether it was Ryan wrote it as a, as a like, haha, that'd be funny. Whether Darren was like, I don't put these sunglasses. And like, and they're like, put sunglasses on. He's like, haha, I'll put, I'll use mine. And they're like, yeah, that's funny. Go ahead and do that. I honestly think that the sunglasses reference was an innocent, like, we think it'd be funny. We think it'll be like a, uh, fans will enjoy it. They'll they'll get it if they get it. If they don't, they won't. It won't be a big deal. But I do think there was a reaction to it that then proceeded to lead to more. Why they did think- it with Darren and Blaine? I think it's because that's safe as opposed to Rachel, which is like she's a she's a not a not a safe character at that point. She was like, hey, like no, that's like our our main our A character. You know, she's like our lead. We can't really. We're not going to do anything that could like you know throw off her characterization <laughs> i mean they kind yeah. of did know like the entire glee live tour was a weird mix of like yeah god that was but weird that too. came out didn't that oh you're yeah, talking about the first one yeah uh I, and okay. i'm saying that like after the thing with darren and like there was a reaction like they did kind of move on to like ramping it up mm-hmm. and i think and i think that's when they got they started to get the reaction and then they, they, they're going to lean into it and they're going to go and somewhere around there, they decided to use fandom as a movement of, of marketing and a way. And so it, which is a real interesting because the idea that 20% of your audience is going to be like 80% of your revenue was very appropriate in the terms of, of Glee in the sense that you had a very, very, very small but passionate fan base. And they're going. We're gonna. We're gonna pander to them. Now, the pandering that they did to us wasn't always the pandering we wanted. Right. Um, but I and I think that comes down to we're going to we're going to create an entire marketing strategy and idea base around fandom without fully realizing 
what and how fandom is and how it reacts. And in some ways, it's going to do exactly what you want it to do. And in some ways, it's not going to be predictable at all because we don't even know how to, like, it works. But I do think that this is an entire, <laughs> we've already gone down, like, a, a rabbit hole that I think I think yeah. we can continue, like, it's just so, it's so way interesting. more. I know. Yeah. I, I just, inevitably, I'm like, I, I think this, this crossed the line. I think it was an innocent line, uh, how it meant for this episode, but I do think it was blurring that that salt line that fourth wall it was it was starting something that that made glee as a fandom worse particularly different worse but different yeah and how people responded and reacted to both characters and actors and um not and not it just being fandom specific but like taking fandom to people because you're mm-hmm. you're starting to blur you're starting to blur a lot of that. And I'd love to be able to then go, hey, check out the rest of our like conversation about this on our mini episode, because we are definitely going to go into this. Yeah, it, it may be more than a mini episode. That may end up being a either a several part series that'll be on our Patreon. It probably will. Uh, or longer. But, uh, but yes, we will be, <laughs> I think it's safe to say that we will be doing at least several mini episodes on our Patreon um on this one because this about is about this yeah because not only There's... not only do we all have extensive experience in in glee's fandom in in how it we reacted but ruined I mean, our we've lives all been, we've all been in multiple other fandoms yeah. both um from from many different types of of properties and and actors and people yeah. so it's like it's it's interesting how this was sort of a weird and now we work. Different. Now we work. <laughs> In the, uh, yeah. We fucked up. Maybe we'll get some uh, yeah. other Glee uh, refugees to, to talk with us, too. That'd be nice. I'd also yeah. really like to talk to Kevin and Jenna eventually at some no. point. I say eventually as if that's going to happen. We're um, not that really, cool. I'd love to. We're not that cool. We don't uh, have the downloads people, for that. People, please extensively download our podcast. So that we look really, really cool. So they want to come talk to us because we, because yeah. I just, I just have a couple questions I'd love to ask. We just want some clarification about everything. That'd be great. This is everything. <laughs> you can clarify everything. That'd be great. About um, the entire experience. Okay. So uh, to jump it all back into into silly little love songs, um, <laughs> I'm Ooh. actually surprised that uh, Emily, you've not brought up what I thought you would have brought up as the most important point of this episode. Oh shit. Is it when Kurt slash Chris accidentally feels up Blaine slash Darren? No, but I, I did not see that. And you're gonna oh. have to tell I'm gonna have to tell, have you talk more about that in a minute. Uh <laughs> is it um is it the you mock us, sir? Nope. Ah, is it Kurt doodling in his notebook? Nope. Is it just the lines you know my coffee order? Of course I do. Nope. Is it Oh, I, uh, uh, I don't know. Junior member Blaine Anderson. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I assumed. I assumed when I heard that, I was like, "That's gonna be the point of this entire episode." <laughs> I didn't even associate that with grade. But... I didn't either. I didn't associate it with his grade. I associated it with that he wasn't the most uh... senior, like that he wasn't on the warblers the longest. 
Okay, see, for me, I assume it's like, yeah, you're a junior member because you're a junior. Oh, no, I said so a senior member because you're a senior. No, okay, so here's, here's, okay, I don't know if this is like overly complicated, but here was my thought process about junior member, like, like junior member, Blaine Warbler Anderson <laughs> Cooper. Oh, well, no, yeah, uh, he probably says Blaine Warbler, doesn't he? Or does he say Blaine Anderson? No, I don't even know when Anderson actually ever shows up, but it's, it's I don't not. think he showed up here. So I, okay, th this is flashing forward because we don't know this yet about Blaine, but he transfers to Dalton. He doesn't stay all what I'm assuming is four years, but maybe Dalton is like a, we don't know if Dalton is K through 12. We don't know if it's six through 12. Like, we don't know what fucking kind of school Dalton is, but he transfers to Dalton. So he's not, he, he is not on He's not a member of the Warblers for as long as he could have been. So my assumption by the junior member is that he has not been a member of the Warblers as long as some of the other members. Therefore, he is not a senior member. Like, so if he has been at the school, he's a, let's say he's been at the school two years now, other boys could have been there three or four years and have senior, like more senior status on the Warblers. I didn't take it to be his grade. That's uh, that's totally fair. I took, I just, I took it straight at face value. I was like, junior member. He's a junior. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, that's 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 fine. I just, I'm not I saying I'm right. Him. I'm just saying that that's how I, I, I took it. No, I am right. I'm always <laughs> no, just kidding. Just lean into it. You're right. You're right. It's I've fine. never been wrong um, in my life. No. Also, his uh, bling ridiculous like heart. In the air and then pointing forward. He's just, he's just cheesy. Can we, he's, can we just? Yes. I don't feel enough people appreciate and are aware of how cheesy this boy is. He's supposed to be what, 15, 16 years old? He's just a cheese fest. Uh, he's not 15 or 16. He's pro okay. At this point, he is still a year older than Kurt, so he is probably 17. Still, and I can stand by the shit. Cheesy AF. I'm going to hold on for one more day. Blaine is a cheese ball, and that's part of his, um, it's, uh, it's part of his allure, because he's also, like, Dapper Dan, right? Like, and I, you know, I like that Blaine, either by bad writing or choice, is both hyper-confident and, um, severely not confident, underconfident, so, you know, the lead-up to this is, like, severely panicking. The lead-up to this is, like, uh, gather warblers, I need your help. I'm gonna sing um, a horn dog fest song to an older guy in public at his place of work without him knowing about it. It's gonna be great and awesome, and no way is this gonna go wrong. And then afterwards, he's sitting on a bench um, at a weird outdoor mall in Ohio, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, um, in his little scarf and beanie, asking if that was too much, as if it wasn't patently obvious. Like, yes, sweetie, that was. Yeah. Plus, that was too much because you are cheesy as hell you're terrible yeah. at this stop yeah anyway. and also like okay i know they're all i know this was written by grown men and you can tell sometimes because their whole conversation afterwards where he's like love is terrible and stupid which like i agree because that's me but his it's such an overblown conversation of when when kurt um gathers up his courage <laughs> wink wink and tells blaine and honestly this does take a lot of courage because i 
can't actually even tell people if I need them to step out of my way. Um, that he thought the song and the whole week was going to be about him, which takes mm-hmm. balls not to be gendered and sexist, but like that takes balls or ovarian fortitude, however you'd like to phrase it in this month of pride. Um, it and Blaine's response is like, I've never been anyone's boyfriend, and and I'm not very good at love, as if you're like a 17 year old idiot. It's such an overblown conversation that really kind of annoyed me because it should have just been winnowed down to like, I'm embarrassed. I fucked up. Can you give me like five minutes to be an embarrassed, sad panda? And then like, maybe we could try this again because that's but all. But I also feel like, I also feel like the overdramaticness is so very teenage. It is. It's like, I'm terrible. I'll never be I'm so romance. bad at love and romance. Like, like as if yes, can... darling, you are. You'll never, you'll never, nothing will ever change. It, it, you're 17 is the end of your life. You're right. Which okay, is darling. kind of funny because Bye. if you think about what romance means to some people, like romance means a lot of things to a lot of people and the way people show romance and blah, 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 blah. blah. Like, that's a big grand gesture which for some people and some that that people is kurt as we will see down the line singing a romantic well or horndog song in a public place to a person is a thing that kurt likes and blaine already does that pretty well so like he's actually pretty good at that yeah he is very good at it in a kurt specific way yeah so i don't know if that's uh something that they actually planned ahead or not or they just lucked out yet but that is one bit of yeah. one bit of something that works out and again Blaine likes <sighs> to jump things to feel tall he does he does he likes to jump on things he likes to feel tall mm-hmm. um all right let's see anything anything else that happened in this episode that that we need to that we need to talk about I feel like we've I feel like we've talked about a lot this episode so I'm afraid to make it go too too much longer Bro, honestly, yeah, I don't remember what we talked about at the beginning. That's fair. Um, you want to you wanna jump into the uh, Klein decks and the Kevin scale? Oh, yeah. Um, the Kevin scale, is, well, he got a, a half a song. Yeah. He got, well, he mm-hmm. got a song, but it was a duet. So, like, I don't know, a three of five? Because it was a song, yeah. and he got to say nice things to Britney for once. Yeah, which unfortunately is is new sometimes for him yeah, yeah. i'm done I'm I'm with three for kevin okay. well done kevin uh the claim decks i want to give either like a six or a seven because they yeah, have like it's a good episode for scenes them. yeah i'm down to give it a seven okay for sheer screen time yeah for sure and, and, and and i mean in movement of of relationship yeah okay so i think that's i think that's that we all did we all did something important here you did. Um, well done. Uh, well done, Kurt. Yeah. Um, I didn't. I, I didn't ask what our favorite songs were. Do you guys have favorite songs? I just assumed we were all gonna say "When I Get You Alone" because obviously, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Deaf. Deaf for show. That's the thing people say, right? Oh, there was one thing I wanted to point out because uh, continuity in Glee only matters for stupidest reasons. <laughs> like. Drink, Glee's continuity makes no sense. There are things that it's like, why did you do this? And not like anything else. Mm-hmm. But the song that's playing in the background oh, when Kurt yes. and Blaine are on the bench after the gap attack is the same music in the, in the episode where, where Blaine tells Kurt that he loves him. And I was like, 
that you're going to be you're going to have this continuity that's continuous but yeah. like no other characterization like okay mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right glee glee has continuity when it doesn't matter and i'm just like okay <laughs> i don't know what to do with that but that's a thing <laughs> we don't have to ask these questions all right so uh any other favorite lines or favorite moments that we want to call out for this this episode you know my coffee order yeah i would <laughs> say my favorite lines are all the classic plain ones yep i don't blame you i feel similarly all right well with that then i i, I think we should call this a successful albeit potentially long um yeah uh, episode and, and call it and congrats to anybody still listening to our voices <laughs> right now uh jesus sorry but uh thanks for hanging hanging in with us and uh that's what you missed on glee New Year's resolutions are hard, but the Xfinity New Year New Gig Sale is easy. Waking up the kids after a long winter break? Hard. But getting gig speed internet so you can stream, surf, and game all at once? Easy. Committing to a trendy New Year's diet? Hard. But finding your favorites on Xfinity X1, the easiest all-in-one entertainment experience, just by speaking into the X1 voice remote? Easy. It's the Xfinity New Year New Gig Sale, and it's simple, easy, awesome. To learn more, go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. At Farmers Insurance, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We've seen a car run into a tree, a tree fall through a roof, and we've even seen a car fall through a roof. But there's a better way for your home and auto to come together. Bundle them. And when you get both, you could save an average of 20%. Visit Farmers.com or call 1-800-FARMERS to get a quote today. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Reported 2018 nationwide average savings underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state.